on today's episode of The Savvy Marketer. As someone who is serving the church, you know, I have inherited leading a organization that existed 200 years before I arrived, right? <laughs> and hopefully exist 200 years after I leave. I really not only want to see, you know, God do amazing things while I'm here, but I also really want to set up the next generation to be able to continue to succeed. And so the the places that you serve are bigger than you. Uh, yeah. And the impact might last way, way longer than you last. Uh, and th there's something encouraging and humbling about that that I think is sure. really useful. today's episode of The Savvy Marketer, we'll talk about the organizational life cycle. What stage of growth or decline is your company in? And how innovation is so important to build an organization that can span generations. But first, a marketing moment. When is the right time to put your foot on the gas with your marketing? Imagine your business and your marketing like a fully loaded semi that's thundering down a highway. I'm picturing the Pennsylvania Turnpike with those steep up and down hills along the way. When things are busy, it's common to take your foot off the gas with your marketing just a little bit in order to keep things going smoothly. In fact, in a trucking metaphor, this is probably a wise thing to not keep your foot on the gas all the time if you want to keep that truck under control as you're thundering down a, a steep hill. But an experienced truck driver doesn't wait until he's at the very bottom of a hill before putting their foot on the gas. He applies the gas partway down the hill to begin some momentum that can get carried up the hill on the other side. Don't wait until your business is slowed down to put your foot on the gas. As you learn the rhythms of your business, you'll begin to figure out when is the right time to put your foot back on the gas, to press into your marketing, your growth, even while things are really busy, so that you can build that momentum and carry it through to the other side. And that is your marketing moment. Today's guest has been a dear friend of mine for many years. He's the lead pastor at Park Street Brethren Church in Ashland, Ohio. Whenever we talk, he's always thinking about ways that organizations and leaders can continue to level up and grow. Nate Bebout, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So tell folks about you and what you do. So I'm a senior pastor at a growing congregation in little Ashland, Ohio. Uh, I have been there now for seven years, uh, which has been just an incredible, wonderful, and then of course challenging because the last three years have been weird for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but my family, we really love it there. I'm married with four small children, and um, on the on the side, I do leadership consulting, and I try to connect with different organizations, different churches, to try to help them uh, make sure that they are doing the things that they feel they're called to do and they want to achieve. So cool, yeah, good. So um, on the pastor side, what are your favorite things about being a pastor? Um, I love facilitating community that is transformational. So anytime you can get people together that you know are going to hit it off or even maybe challenge each other, um, yeah. I think there's a, there's a component of that is that there is, there's something about um, that diversity and, and also shared values uh, that can really spark creativity and transformation. Um, I love teaching. I love uh, recruiting. Um, and I love empowering people to do things that they feel like they're made to do. So those are the things I love best. Yeah, good. And and how does that translate then to the leadership consulting that you're doing? Well, yeah, I love also thinking big picture. I was a philosophy major in college. And I think one of the things that I find a lot of times with churches and some small organizations 
is that you're so focused on the day-to-day and the next task, and that task list never really does get smaller yeah. uh, despite all your work to make it so. Uh, and, and so getting people to think a bigger picture, to think about their impact not only for the next five years but maybe for, for years and decades beyond that. Uh, and so I'm really, whenever I'm connecting with people, I'm trying to help them understand, A, interpersonal dynamics, and then B, um, what what's the bigger picture and the legacy of their organization going forward? Good stuff. Yeah. So this won't be our main focus today, but I think it's noteworthy to to mention the book that oh, you've written sure. and sort of the backstory on that as well. Yeah. Okay. So I wrote a book a few years ago uh, on the Enneagram, which is a ever growingly uh, you know popular personality profile assessment, and um, it, I wrote it because. I was in college ministry for several years, and we were constantly using personality inventories just to help college students get a sense of who they are and what they wanted to do. Yeah. And I really loved some of the insights that came out of the Enneagram, but I felt like one of the, perhaps the weaknesses of the of the profile was that it really um, kind of pigeonholed people into just a one type and just kind of one understanding of yourself. And so I wrote a book called uh, More Than Your Number, uh, kind of saying there's a lot of strengths in the Enneagram, but also let's not flatten people down to very digestible, predictable things. People are much more dynamic than that. Yeah. Um, and that's well, been a really interesting and fun thing. And your work on that has been super valuable for Spire. Um, you put together a, a training for us years ago before you'd written the book, actually. Oh, yeah. And you, you made videos, and we still use those with Every with once in a while, start. you guys will hire a new employee, and they'll see me randomly out and about, and they'll go, hey, you were a part of my training. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> what are you doing? That's right. So I'm so glad. You're that, that Enneagram Yeah, guy. I'm so glad that that's been helpful for Absolutely. you Absolutely. So as we brainstorm topics today, I was expecting us to go toward Enneagram, but you talked about uh, another topic that I think is also really interesting uh, for leaders, the organizational life cycle. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the Enneagram obviously goes super local and super like small in that individual personalities and how they work out with each other. But I also like going on the other end, which is zoom out huge and think of not just only your impact, but your organization over time. Mm -hmm. And how does it transition to be something that sustains hopefully longer than your participation in the organization. Uh, And there's this really kind of brilliant and a little bit eccentric uh, Yugoslavian American business consultant named Ichak Eidzitz. Okay. And he's the one who kind of came up with this thing. Uh, and I, I learned, I learned it uh, through several of his online videos and I'm like, I'm have seen so much helpfulness for it. Uh, not only for churches when we're thinking about impact over time, but also all kinds of other organizations um, find it helpful as well. Yeah. So why are you passionate about talking about this? So as someone who is serving the church, you know, I have inherited leading a organization that existed 200 years before I arrived, right? Mm-hmm. And hopefully exists 200 years after I leave. And so there is a, a strong sense, at least in, in my vocation, of you are just stewarding this thing for a season. Uh, and when, when I kind of came into my position, we had kind of gone through, our community had gone through a lot of difficulty, and there were low energy, low resources, and I have kind of thought, as I have served and been grateful to serve in this position, I really not only want to see, you know, God do amazing things while I'm here, but I also really want to set up the next generation to be able to continue to succeed. And so 
that's one of the reasons that I personally have, have been drawn to this organizational life cycle. It's to help remind you that the, the places that you serve are bigger than you. Uh, yeah. And the impact might last way, way longer than you last. Uh, and th- there's something encouraging and humbling about that that I think is sure. really useful. Well, and I think as we think about our, our marketing and company leaders that are watching, in some cases, they may be in a multi-generational business. Mm-hmm. In other cases, they may be like, like Spire. I mean, we're young in the grand scheme compared to a 200 year old church. Right. But I think there's also this feeling that you, you would love it if an organization or a company that you're a part of would outlast you. Oh yeah. Right. That it wouldn't just fall apart later Mm -hmm. and, and that it it could continue to, to grow and, and continue beyond that you've built something that outlasts you. Yeah. And, and organizations that last for a long time are great forces of stabilization uh, in a community. And, you know, I, I know everyone everywhere is very suspicious of organizations that are longstanding and that they've accrued a lots of influence. Uh, and yet some of those organizations are the cornerstone of a lot of the things that we do and we take for granted sure. in our daily life. And so, uh, yeah, I think it would be an incredible thing to have a multi-generational legacy, uh, whether it's a marketing company or whether it's a church or whether it's a, uh, a not-for-profit, all these things the more good you do in the community you're in, the better the impact will be over time. Yeah, good. Can you talk a little bit about the stages that are in this organizational life cycle? Yeah, so one of the things I love about this approach is it takes something that can be very kind of complicated and nebulous, like a 200-year-old church's history, and it puts it into kind of a framework that we're all pretty familiar with, which is kind of just developmental life stages. Uh, and so there are kind of eight stages in the organizational life cycle. The first is conception, right? So uh, in the church world, that's somebody is dreaming about planting a church. Mm-hmm. Or in, in, the, in the for-profit world, it would be, I'm thinking about starting a business, right? Sure. And the whole thing exists just in the heart and the head of those who are going to launch this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of an important stage. You don't want to brush by that because... I'm sure this was the case in Spire. You were trying to be intentional, the kind of company that you were going to start. And so you maybe had in your heart and your mind some values that were crystallized before you even opened the door and, and got your first cu- customer. The second stage is birth, where you, where you go and you plant the church or you start the business. Um, and w- again, I love this, these analogies because there's so many comparable, you know, as a, as a dad of four small kids, mm. I can tell you that this is just a chaotic season, right? You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You're, you're running around. You're doing, but it's also, it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. amazing. You can't believe it. Sometimes, you know, you, you have this long day where you've been in the office for 16 hours and you come home and you're like, I'm more tired than I've ever been, but this is, I love this. You yeah. Know? Um, and then the next stage uh, we call growth, right? So um, the, the company, the organization is starting to get its legs under it. It's starting to develop a culture. It's starting to grow up. Maybe it's increasing in volume and revenue. Um, and then the next stage uh, we would call the stage of maturity. Like things are really working. You kind of feel like you're coming into a real sense of, of identity and, and you really know who you are and what you're about. So the next stage is decline. Uh, and that's at the peak of the bell curve, which could kind of be confusing because you're thinking, hey, we just arrived. Yeah. Uh, but actually, if you haven't made any changes, if you haven't continued to innovate, over time, gravity is going to do its thing. Erosion is yeah. going to do its thing, right? Um, and the thing that was very powerful five years ago is kind of 
not all that compelling today and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And, and it, if you move from that stage into the next one, it's, it's crisis, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've built up infrastructure to support this growing industry. And now all of a sudden there's not enough resources to support the overhead. And, and all of a sudden we have to make difficult decisions. Yeah. If we continue in that, in that same trajectory, the next step is hospice. And this gets really serious all of a sudden because yeah. there's not a lot of great options. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, you've kind of let things go uh, or you've just been unable to address problems as they, they've arisen. And, and so now we're left with very, very few options. And then the final stage is death. Mm-hmm. And someday we all gonna die. Yeah. Um, and the, that season, can be few, full of beautiful things. Uh, it's also full of hard things. Uh, it's the season that you realize that um, the things that maybe were held of great value internally, maybe they're not worth as much as we thought they would be to everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, so that back end um, is is marked by just an increasingly um, inability to get your mission out in in a way that is productive, right? And so yeah. there's decline, 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 and then eventually you're all done. Now, some organizations, their whole life cycle will be a couple hundred years. Some organizations, their life cycle is five years, right? From start to finish. Um, But they all tend to follow these eight stages regardless. So Nate, can you summarize the, the eight again as we go up the curve and then back down the other side? Sure. So everything starts with a a dream, uh, a desire to, to see something that isn't. So that's, that's conception. That's conception, right? Okay. Uh, and then after conception, there's a birth. Uh, the company's launched, the church is planted, the, mm-hmm. the thing is kind of started. Yeah. Uh, then there's growth, a kind of typically a rapid season of increasing, and, and you're just kind of trying to keep up. Yeah. Uh, that's followed by a season of maturity uh, in which things are really starting to work. You're starting to get your groove uh, then the, the, the peak of that bell curve is, is a season of decline where everything's just a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that is a season of crisis in which we typically don't have the resources to meet uh, the infrastructure that we have created over a lifetime of, of living. Yeah. Uh, after that is a season of hospice where it's really getting toward the end mm-hmm. um, and people are starting to kind of rapidly check out, uh, followed by the last season or the last stage, which is death. Okay. So when I think about this, I mean, it's, it can be a little depressing if I think about it like I would a human life. I mean, you're, you can only move. It's like Super Mario on NES where I can only move from the left to the right. And it's just inevitable that I'm going to go. But as we've talked about this organizational life cycle or this life cycle that may apply to businesses and other things, it isn't always left to right. Right. I mean, there's, there's a way that, that we can. Move. We can we can change our trajectory with an organization in mm-hmm. ways that we simply are not able to yet. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe in twenty years there'll be some kind of robot that lets you live right. longer, yeah, three hundred years or something. But yeah. as of right now, uh, organizations can do this though because organizations can reinvent themselves. They can figure out a new way to be faithful to their original mission in a new context. Uh, there can be a transition of leadership, of values, strategies. All, all these things can give new life. And so the fun thing about organizational life cycles is you can be really at death's doorstep. And then there can be a new idea, a new conception of a different way to be that could launch a new season of life and ministry and, and yeah. all kinds of good stuff. 
And it seems though that the further over that way you get, the harder it's going to be to spark it, right? Exactly, exactly. So I, I think of it as going down um, a, a hill on a bicycle. The energy that it would require for me to stop my own momentum is significant. And then if I wanted to go in the other direction, it's going to require even more energy mm-hmm. to, to begin to ascend a hill again. So I really like that as a, as a model for, for folks, whether, again, it's a church or an organization. If you can identify, wow, we're really nearing hospice season or we're, maybe we're in this season, mm-hmm. then, it, then the answer is, okay, so then tweaks is not going to change our trajectory at this point. We're right. going to need substantial change yeah. if we're going to turn it around at this point. And on the flip side, um, you know, right before, you said that decline is right at the peak of the hill. So what is the stage right before that? Maturity. Maturity. Right. So that's also maybe when we're most prone to get comfortable in an organization and say, oh, things are good. Mm-hmm. But that seems to me maybe the best opportunity to keep innovating. Uh So that you can stay in that or create more growth or whatever. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so when we're at the kind of the pinnacle of that effectiveness, we think we've we've done it. We finally figured out the market. We finally understood the needs of our community in such a way that people are are coming and they're engaging. And so we can say, okay, quick, don't change anything. Um, But in fact, um, that's almost a certain recipe for you're about ready to enter into a season of crisis because just the momentum mm-hmm. uh, and the way of time and, and energy is going to begin to, uh, it's going to evaporate. So yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of gut-wrenching, but also depending on your perspective, could be really exciting to say, great, we've arrived. Let's blow everything up. <laughs> Let's start something new. I've been known to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and there's probably some reason that, that yeah. you guys have continued to see uh, growth and impact is because, yeah, a willingness to say, okay, nothing's broken, and now's the time to start dreaming about what we could do differently or, or an innovation that could change uh, our trajectory. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be really helpful. I'm, this whole thing was just to affirm you. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, your whole staff's going to watch this later and they're going to be like, no, please. Right. I'm just going to like replay this. It's just going to be like a loop every two years. Be like, guys, guess what day it is? It's the, it's the day that Jeremy breaks a bunch right. of stuff. So that... Good stuff. Um, what do organizations need to do and what do leaders need to do when this might, because I'm sure a lot of people are watching this and they're thinking about where their organization lands on this curve. And so what do they need to do to respond based on that? Well, yeah, that's the, certainly the first step is figure out where you're at yeah. um, because you're going to have a radically different strategy to try to increase growth if you're already growing as opposed to if you're in a hospice season where water's leaking everywhere and we've got, we've got emergency after emergency. You're going to have a radically different approach yeah. um, in, in those two scenarios. So r- rightly identifying where you're at is, is a really important first step. Mm-hmm. And then I think this is where actually the, the analogy connected to a human life is helpful because we recognize that we actually do need different things in different stages of life, right? Yeah. So in that growth season, when you're just a kid, what do you need? You need a lot of like really clear answers, right? Mm. <laughs> like clarity, clarity, clarity. Yeah. What produces growth in businesses? High clarity, lots of energy. Uh, and so you're recognizing that in those seasons of growth, we want to be clear about what we're doing and what we're not doing. Yeah. Right? Because kids, 
you know, at least in my house, <laughs> they can focus on one or two things. But after a, a couple of things, they're going to be exhausted, frustrated, uh, and worn out. If you're, a, if you're a larger organization, you've been around for a while, you're in that maturity season or maybe even in, into the peak of the decline season, you, you've got an ability to take on more, to have different focuses and all that stuff. But you can also outgrow yourself, right? Yeah. Basically by taking on too many things and, and building that infrastructure to support those sure. things, that can also lead to the crisis that could come if you don't continue to innovate. Yeah, good stuff, Nate. So we are about out of time, but I would love to have you share. Um, first of all, could we include your slides that you were sharing oh, in yes. our resources today? Yeah, yeah that's okay. We'll no put problem. those in the show notes. And um, can you share too? How can people find you? Uh, find the resources that you've created, and sure. things like that. Yeah, uh, my website is www.natebebout.com, cool. um, which is. Easy to say, but um, maybe if you're not familiar with my Put weird the link in there French too. last name, uh, <laughs> it's hard to pronounce. Um, and I have, yeah, my, my book on uh, personality profile and stuff, but I also do a lot of leadership consulting. I use this organizational life cycle and a couple other models that I think are helpful, again, not, not only for churches, mm-hmm. um, but for any organization that wants to kind of figure out ways to invigorate their mission uh, and, and make sure that they're being fruitful. Uh, yeah. And, um, you could try to friend me on Facebook that (laughs) you still go on there sometimes. So rarely. (laughs) Yeah. So rarely. I'm like, oh yeah, this thing still exists. Good stuff. Well, Nate, thank you for taking the time to share. And just always, whenever we talk, I'm thinking about new things uh, coming out of it. So I appreciate you and everything that you do. Thanks. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode, I encourage you to like and subscribe to our channel. Also share this with other people who need to see it as well. Every episode of The Savvy Marketer is brought to you by Spire. We help organizations sharpen their strategy, get the work done, and make it hum. Take your marketing higher with Spire. Thanks for watching.